Coming up next on the Soundwriters Show, someone just raced a Yamaha down at Bonneville, running it on vodka, of all things. We've got vintage motorcycles coming in to raid the Columbia River Gorge later in September. And we just came back from the gorge, and we've got a number of interviews from the vendors who joined us at the rally in the gorge. We've got all that and more coming up on the Soundwriters Show. Support for Soundwriter and the Soundwriter Show is made possible by... Skagit Power Sports. Check out the North Sound's largest selection of bikes from names like Yamaha, Kawasaki, KTM, and Suzuki. Located just off I-5 in Burlington, Skagit Power Sports also features a large selection of riding gear, apparel, and an experienced staff to help you along the way. Visit Skagit Power Sports today. This is Chef Jeremy from Pecos Pit Barbecue. Let's open up the smoker and get the show on the road. Live from the Crow's Nest Studio in beautiful downtown Broadview, Washington, join us for the latest episode of the Sound Writer Show, a candid hour featuring the people, places, and things that make up the fabric of one of the top motorcycle riding destinations in the world. And now, here are your hosts, Tom Marin, Derek Roberts, and whoever else happens to drop by today. Fellow moto enthusiasts from around the world and across the Pacific Northwest, this is the Sound Rider Show, the September episode. And I got to tell you, Tom, I think September is my favorite month to ride in the Pacific Northwest. The sun is out, the crowds are gone, and it's a great time to listen to the entire back catalog of the Sound Rider Show, right? <laughs> no, that comes in November, December when the, when the rain comes. When you can't get out, I got gotcha. you, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, uh, we had a very, very busy August, and we always close it with uh, a pretty huge event, the Rally in the Gorge. It was a good one. We had uh, wasn't the biggest turnout, but um, turnout seems to sort of follow the industry trend right now. Yeah, that's right. But still, you know, maybe not the biggest in history, but still a really good turnout. We had a lot of active riders out there, and still pretty good numbers, I thought. And a good crowd of people. Yes. And uh, a thank you to everyone who came. We always have good people there. Uh, we never have any monkey business going on right. anymore. You know, those days are long past us. And uh, just a good group of people, lots of uh, return riders and lots of first-timers who seem to be uh, fairly satisfied. So. Yeah, I was excited to see that. A lot of uh, first-time riders and also a lot in that uh, age group, you know, under 40, which yeah. I thought was exciting to see. That was exciting to see. Yeah. We're always happy to see the younger riders joining us. And uh, we also had another good uh, turnout from the vendors as well, a couple of returns there and a few new faces, which was mm -hmm. also great to see. Yep. Um, Whitney was there, dirt bike safety training. Yep. Jesse was there, Truett motorcycle, Cascade motorcycle training. Uh, we had uh, uh, Dave there from Cycle Wipes and Lee from uh, Racer Gloves Racer USA. Gloves. Yep. Dale and Vicky from South Sound Honda. Excuse yep. me. Um, seat Concepts, uh, Mark Robert. and Dana. Oh, yeah, Seat, seat Concepts. Yep. He, was, he was a new one. And uh, actually... Uh, later in the show, we're going to do interviews with all those people. That's right. And also, just a quick mention of uh, Rolf from Rockstraps, of course, as well, was also there. That's right. Yeah. And we think we got them all. But I we think so. Can't. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, there was a guy there. Uh, Patrick was there selling the helmet. Oh, that's freshener. right. Yeah, that's right, with the uh, with the cedar chips in there. Yeah. yeah. So, 
Well, stick around anyway for the interviews later. You can get uh, caught up on what those guys are are doing, their latest and greatest activities with their businesses. Um, Jesse and Whitney did an awesome Saturday night program where they had both dirt and street or paved events with using cones. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, man, that was sure inventive what Jesse did with, with getting the kids to – to do the little cone course, yeah, I and then that taking was... their averages and making that the time to hit, yeah, that was awesome. I guess they call that blackjack style. I'd never heard of that. But, yeah, I'd never uh, heard of it before. Either. Yeah, but it seemed to be like uh, it seemed to be a good fun, uh, good fit, and people were having a lot of fun. I thought so, and encouraged everybody to participate. We had, I think, close to twenty riders jump in on that. Uh, food went pretty well. Yeah, really great help in the kitchen this year. Stephen Elaine Schiller. Um, Daniel and Veronica Hazel did a breakfast most mornings sure. or every morning. Um, and we had Gary and uh, Tagger in there working on dinner. You were in there working on dinner. I was dinner. in there, yeah. <laughs> uh, we had Tracy helping out on the pancake breakfast. So um, <clears throat> really that the food thing went off pretty well. I'd that's say. right. And we also had Becky in there too. A couple oh, that's of right. Becky meals. was yep. there. She's uh, – we we want her back every year. Yeah, absolutely. And there's this girl you'll see her popping up on uh, social media, Kelsey Suderland, who uh, seems pretty excited. So we're going to wrangle her in as a regular team member. Yeah, and she was she just on, doesn't know it. She yet. was on her uh, Honda. Was it uh, 300 CBR 300? I'm trying to remember. Was there. that a 300? I think so. Okay, I don't know. Yeah. It just had a bunch of zip ties in it. That's yeah. all I saw. <laughs> Hold it together. <laughs> but great to see uh, see so many people not just helping out in the kitchen, but also taking time to get out and ride during the day, too. I know I count uh, myself amongst those. And I didn't. Because yeah. I don't have a bike when I do the rally. I always do the pre-ride, so I go ride then. And, and uh, you never know. You might find me down there in October. That's right. Yeah, in October, of course, though, the pre-riding takes uh, starts to go into effect when? Starting in March, April, May. You get out there pretty early. Yeah. Yeah. You got to be careful. Go down there in March and uh, the roads will be frosty. Right. And you don't want to be on frosty roads on two wheels. No, I think that's something that we all try to avoid, especially uh, if we don't have the, um, you know, they do on the ice, they put the spikes in the tires, right? Right. Right. The County Road Commission frowns upon that. Yeah, I don't think that that would be a good idea. (laughs) But speaking of uh, colder weathers, when uh, colder weathers, colder weather, when you do some of the pre riding, we also had. Weather at the rally kind of cleared up and turned into a really nice weekend with some of the smoke finally clearing out. Yeah, and that was nice, and now it's back. And that's I kind of just wanted to talk a little bit about what's going on air-wise around here in the Pacific Northwest in the last two years. And uh, the good news is that we can probably all look forward to some nice fall riding days. Because I don't know about you, but, you know, I don't like riding my motorcycle with two miles of visibility. Unfortunately, no. that all cleared by Wednesday during the rally. But it's uh, as we sit here and record at the end of August, we can see it rolling back in, covering up with the Olympics. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm just looking to, to those crystal clear days of fall. Yeah, I was already actually, uh, you're reading my mind. Last night I had uh, the Washington Atlas out next to Dual Sport Rides Through Western Washington, your book. And I was uh, trying to plan out uh, a couple more weekend trips before that first frost. Good idea. Yeah. Good idea. And I'll tell you about one I'm planning out when we get to the calendar. All right. Right on. Well, also on your calendar, though, coming up in October, I know we're jumping ahead a little bit, but the AIM Expo in Las Vegas. That's happening. And uh, it'll be, uh, what is it, October? Uh, I think it's the 10th yeah, through right the around there. 13th. Uh, so uh, I'll be going in. 
Connie's going in too. Great. And um, I found that um, hotel rates are a little bit expensive over at the Mandalay where they're having it. So we were staying across the street at the Luxor. Okay. Um, also learned that, you know, I don't go to Vegas very often, so they got these resort fees. So they, you know, they show you one fee, you know, it's it's $69 a night. And you think, hey, that's great, you know, and then you realize, oh, it's a $20 or $30 a night resort fee plus all this stuff. So it ends up being almost twice as much as what they advertise it as. Right. And that's something you don't get when you register for the rally. What you see is what you get, right? That's right. No resort fees. (laughs) But what do you think is going to be the topic of conversation at this year's AIM? Obviously, in the last couple of months, you know, all the new Harley developments have kind of been dominating the news cycle a little bit. Anything that you're looking forward to at AIM down in Las Vegas this year? Well, I'm definitely looking forward to new product releases of not just bikes but accessories Sure, because um, we need them. Yeah. You know, I, I, I do a little work with some of the dealers throughout the year, and I realized that <coughs> um, at, uh, we get a little dry on – things that we could promote in the spring and the summer. Yep. And so all the new product releases are coming. Uh, I think we talked last week about the Oxford product that's hit the market now. That They've got a, a huge uh, expansion of product that they're offering, and that's already out in the stores. And I'm just looking for more things. You know what the new helmets are, what the new right. riding gear is, what the new boots are, and uh, and anything that's a revelation. Well, I think that's something that uh, you're right. During the spring and you know, sort of the off seasons, that we need to, as an industry, focus on promoting a little bit more. Because again, when we talk about trying to recruit new riders, we can't just assume that everybody's been in the industry for ten years with some of these products. So there needs to be that same level of education and that same level of promotion that maybe we did at sort of like the dawn of this dual sport age. Where mm-hmm. people are just getting into it because there's a lot of 20 and 30 year olds who might be looking to do it for the first time or even older than that. We did a little straw poll down at the rally and we had quite a few people in their 40s who had just gotten into riding. And, yeah. You know, people need to know about helmets and gear and all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. we have to make sure as an industry we're, we're still talking about that. Kind of interesting. You know, when I, when I started this and started doing uh, seminars back around 2006 or seven, um, there was this evolution that everybody was going through about learning about about better gear and about how to you know fix stuff on your bike and right. all that and and as years went on you could kind of watch these guys grow and 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 continue to to get better at at, at how they gear up and and what they know maintenance wise and now all of a sudden we've got this whole new generation of new riders and we got to start over again with yeah them. So that's right. Uh, what's what's hard for me is that uh, used to be the dealers uh, welcomed us in to do these type of seminars, and with recent changes, we don't have that kind of uh, that kind of reception going on from the dealers, which I think is sad because <laughs> we're all here to work together to to give people a, a better ride, enrich their lives, yep. and the dealers make out when they do that because you take a rider from three thousand miles a year up to ten thousand miles a year. So we we need uh, some support from them. We need them to start running these types of clinics and seminars. I don't care if it's me or who it is. Yeah, you know? as long as somebody's out there. Yeah, yeah we, exactly. We should, we should have a little brainstorming session over lunch. Talk about maybe some uh, some seminars that. Sound Rider could host at some of these dealers over the cooler months once we get into the the winter time here. Yep. Yep. 
Okay, we'll do that. That'll be our lunch. There we go. Meeting. Yeah. <laughs> and that'll make lunch tax deductible. That's right. All right. Well, listen, let's uh, let's take a little break. When we come back, we're going to do News Bites and the calendar together at the same time because we've got uh, some really hefty interviews coming up here. Support for SoundWriter and the SoundWriter Show is made possible by... Adventure Motorsports, Stomish County's largest selection of Yamaha and Suzuki motorcycles, ATVs, quads, and UTVs are available in Monroe at Adventure Motorsports. Celebrating a decade of top-rated sales, service, parts, and accessory support, hit the road and visit Adventure Motorsports today. Yeah, my name is Bill Spencer. I live in Corbett, Oregon, and uh, been in the Northwest all my life. Born in Seattle, and now I live in Oregon, and... uh, one of my favorite places to ride since I was uh, riding motorcycles has been the Gifford Pinchot National Forest and on the trails as a dirt bike rider and also as a dual sport rider all over the Gifford Pinchot National Forest. Nowadays I get to visit more of the southern part of it because I live in Oregon, but uh, it never gets boring to me and, and to visit the, see the volcano and it's never, never dull, never boring, always different. And just a great place to ride. Hey guys, this is Dad Louie from Pacific Riding School from Surrey, British Columbia, and you're listening to the Sound Rider Show. Studio on the Sound Rider Show, and as Tom alluded to before the break, there uh, we've got some a lot of great interviews coming up a little bit later. So why don't we mash together news bites and the calendar, and let's start off local here in Seattle. Let's talk about uh, longtime friends here, Seattle Cycle Center. They're adding something to their product lineup. Yeah, so the uh, scoot about scooters down in downtown has closed their doors, yeah. and uh, along with that, the uh, genuine scooters OEM. Ownership went to Seattle Cycle Center. That's fantastic. And so uh, more scooters available up on uh, 105th in Aurora. Right. 10201 Aurora Avenue North. Um, and I need to sit down and talk with them. I wonder if they're going to maybe be renting some scooters again. They did that for a few years. And I uh, don't know what the plan is. I'll find out. And if they are, we'll put it in the news bites. Yeah, well, I know that was a big part of the business down at Scoot About, which you mentioned just uh, has closed their doors after quite a few years in business. So it'd be interesting to see if they do take that mantle up down there at uh, Seattle Cycle Center. Yeah. But nonetheless, more scooter options yeah. at the store. And a uh, terrific motorcycle gear selection down there as well, not just scooters, worthy to mention. Well, that's true. And, yeah. you know, we've, we've talked about this before as, as all of these sort of corporate motorcycle shops cut out any gear options that don't have their branded logo on. Right. Then a place like Seattle Cycle Center is is a more – logical place to go shop because you get so many more options that's right you might not be able to get a harley t-shirt there but you can get a pretty darn good jacket and helmet i think yeah right and you get you get kind of an option of the good better best yes yeah they have, a, they, have nice. a, they have a big showroom down there really you know i mean they've got a lot of square footage yeah big enough yeah um well i was uh trolling the um 
social media feeds to see some news bites, and it turns out Pendleton Bike Week is going to start selling RV spaces for the 2019 event on September 1st. Wow. So that's just, that's now. And that RV area is not that large. I think they can take about 30 to 40 RVs in there. Wow, that's it, huh? So uh, you got to jump on that when it opens up if you want to take your RV down to Pendleton Bike Week next year. Well, I guess are they going to have to uh, think about expanding their RV area to somewhere maybe off-site? Because 30 to 40 doesn't seem like a whole lot. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I haven't talked to them about that. They should. Because I know it was full last year, and I think it was full the year before, too. Okay. Well, get to it early. If you're planning on going down to uh, Pendleton, you can start to buy those spaces now. So speaking of uh, new products coming to the market, a lot of uh, anticipation about this new FXDR from Harley-Davidson that's coming in. Um, This is a new bobber-style-looking bike. And uh, lots of different videos and pictures of it all over the web. So if you're interested in checking that out, uh, they did say they're going to have new models every year for the next 10 years or something. So this is one of them. Um, They've also been teasing an adventure bike, but I found out that that is not coming until 2020. Okay, which is probably a good idea. That one probably needs a little bit more development time from the Harley engineers. I don't think that... uh, You mean like how to shave a couple hundred pounds off it? Well, I'm hoping so, you know. (laughs) There is... uh, Somebody was speculating that they would essentially give, you know, their right arm if uh, they could deliver that bike under 550 pounds, but uh, I don't know if that's going to be possible or not. I have to see about that. Do you think we're going to see the FXDR at uh, the AIM Expo this year, or is it still too early for I think that? it's going to be there, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And there's actually going to be a lot of new models down there. Um, I think we're going to have – we're going to see the Nikon there, yeah. only because we don't actually know when it's coming into the country for actual sale. Uh, and I talked to a dealer today who says they don't have a date from Yamaha about that. But here's the thing about the Nikon, and let's let's have a little chit chat. Right. Which here. this is the one that's got the two wheels up front. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so um, uh, the deal is, you may never see this on the floor at a dealer because the way that Yamaha has set it up, uh, if you want to buy one, you need to go to your dealer now and put your five hundred dollar deposit in so that you can get one when it arrives. If you don't do that, you will probably not be able to buy one off the showroom floor. Right. Um, and I'm thinking this is kind of like the, the Rune, which was, uh, a Honda model back around maybe 2011, 2012, sure. where they brought them in the first year, sold everyone they had. Second year, they brought them in. They had to pull teeth to sell those, and then they canceled the bike, and so it only had a two-year run. So the you know, the the Nikon is it's kind of an experiment. I can't see it. Uh, I mean, I can't see a lot, a lot of appeal for the actual daily rider collectors, like you mentioned. I can see that, you know, sort of as a one-off, but I don't see this going past the second year. Do you? Um, well, I can see it coming a second year, but I don't. I, I don't see it going a third year unless all of a sudden someone has a revelation on how to make this thing just the most ultimate. Like, what about if you put a sidecar on a Nike and then it has four wheels? <laughs> then it's a car. <laughs> then it's a, a Polaris slingshot. No, wait, that only has three wheels, right? Mm-hmm. The slingshot, yeah. No, I just, um, I'm sure that the performance, I'm sure, is, you know, off the charts, but it's like anything else. It's kind of like when you have a motorcycle that can go 180 miles an hour. It's practically speaking, you know, most people aren't going to get that motorcycle to go 180 miles an hour. So even if this thing sticks to the turns, which there's no question in my mind that it does, I'm sure it's a feat of engineering. 
I just don't see it having great mass appeal, especially at about sixteen thousand. Is that what they're saying? They're saying it'll go one hundred and eighty. No, but I'm using that as a comparison. You know, you have these technologies that are just not practical in day to day riding, and it just kind of yeah eclipses the market a little bit. Well, maybe they'll get one out on the salt flat, and it'll have yeah. its own little special category, and it'll win because there won't be any other bikes in that category. Right. <laughs> Someone's going to do that. Maybe yeah. run it on vodka. Yeah, there you go. Should we jump into that now, or do we want to put that <laughs> oh, yeah, down the that's list right. here? We haven't gotten to that yet, yeah. have we? Um, sure, let's talk about yeah. that. So uh, there's a uh, there's a gentleman who owns a distillery out in Missoula, Montana here, which I can tell you, Missoula is one of my favorite small towns in America. I just I love it out there. I think it's, it's such a beautiful place. Great place to ride out to. Um, but anyway, he's got uh, – he owns this distillery, and let me find the name of the distillery here, the Montgomery Distillery in Missoula, Montana. And apparently when you make vodka, there's a leftover batch called, uh, part called the head that you can't drink, and essentially you can make ethanol out of it. So this guy decided, hey, you know what? I have a Yamaha XS650 from 1980. Why don't we make that into a land speed racer that runs on vodka? There you go. Yeah. I thought of that years ago. (laughs) And so he did, and this is sort of breaking news. They were shooting for a 98-mile-an-hour top speed, and unofficially, just uh, the other day here as we record, they came in at 113 miles per hour. Wow. Yeah. So I think that's pretty cool. 1980 Yamaha, you're running on vodka that your company brews. I mean, hats off to this guy. Yeah. Right? Well, that's the one way to mix alcohol with motorcycles safely, isn't it? I think that's the preferred way. I don't know. Can you can you run motorcycles on any other type of alcohol? Oh, I'm sure you can. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, um, in the in the drag racing world, they have nitro burning. In fact, the right. uh, the Harleys that they race in the drag races are have so much compression that they actually have to belt down the cylinder head so it doesn't explode off the motor. That's true. <laughs> no, they I believe like it. like a Kevlar belt to, to, to belt the motor down. Yeah, I don't want any uh, engine parts coming up towards me as I'm trying to race down the salt flats, I'll tell you that. So, yeah, belt it down. So maybe when I get to um, Las Vegas, there will be a, a, uh, some accessories guy selling a Kevlar belt for an XS650. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that will also be a one-off. That probably won't go into the second year of production like the uh, like the Yamaha. But I thought it was pretty cool anyway. I like to see stuff like that. And this guy just, you know, he decided a couple of years ago, yeah, I'm going to get into land speed racing. No real background in it. And uh, apparently it was a success as of yesterday anyway. So Yeah. And I'm sure he'll, he'll probably get that certified. Um, let's see. Uh, Trail Tech down in the uh, eh, Vancouver area. Right. I forget the name of Little Town outside. Anyways, they're uh, they're adding more and more things to their line all the time. And the latest thing they've been adding are uh, kickstands for dirt bikes that don't have kickstands, which uh, that, that makes a lot of sense to me because yeah. you get these dirt bikes and then you want to take them out in the desert. Where are you going to park them? Yeah, yeah, you just have to put them back in the truck or lean them against a stump somewhere. If you could find a stump. Yeah. Well, your yeah. your friend, right? Maybe after Yeah, he's... make your friend hold yeah. it. Here, hold my bike while I yeah. go pee. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I wonder, how does uh, how does this work, though? Do they get those on there? Do they use Kevlar belts to attach them? Or... I don't think no, so. No, probably not. I don't know if it's a welding system or, or 
um, I don't know what they. I didn't. I didn't look at it that close. Yeah, but like you, you know, like we talked about earlier with uh, continued innovation on these product lines, good for Trail Tech to be out there making things that uh, people need, right? Yeah, that's good. And they've been doing that. You know, they make those nice GPS units. Yeah, and uh, do a lot of different accessories now, fan mounts and all kinds of stuff, uh, lighting. So. Good, good, good line, and we like to watch those guys grow. They've been supporters of of uh, the Rally in the Gorge many, many years, and uh, somehow we missed him this year, but we'll get him next year. Yeah, have him come on back. Uh, dirt bike safety training is bringing back Cody Webb for some dirt bike safety training in October on the twenty eighth. If you want some more information on that, it's going to be at the what is it? GoDBST.com, I think. Yeah, that's uh, that sounds right. Let's take a quick look here. I, I don't know for sure. Um, and um, they did a great job doing some training down at the rally. Really appreciated that. Um, so, and also, I'd mentioned too on Cody uh, Whitney coming up in our interview section mentions uh, kind of some of their previous experiences with him as well. So, yeah, this is his third year. So, anyways. Um, We'll move on here. Uh, the uh, wildlife hits are mounting. Uh, we mentioned last year, last month on the show that one of our close friends of Soundwriter had yeah. hit a deer. And uh, we got the message uh, that one of our other friends of Soundwriter was on his way to the rally, left early in the morning before the sun came up, and hit a deer. So uh, everybody, especially if you're riding at dawn or dusk, keep your eyes peeled. They are out there. Have you had any close encounters in the last couple of months, or no? I actually, I haven't had a, I haven't had a real close encounter for mm, two or three years. Uh, I I raced one on Highway Two a couple of years ago. Okay, yeah. And uh, I let him win. That's probably a good idea. Yeah, I just you know got on the front brake and just let him do whatever he needed to do. And I see him all the time. I yep. bump into him all the time when I'm pre-riding. And there's a lot but out it's there. It's never really a close encounter where I almost hit the deer or it almost hit me. But uh, you never know. No, another good know. important reason to keep your eyes up, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um. We'll see. Okay. Um. This is kind of cool. We talked about this a few months ago when we got wind of it. The uh, Cannonball Motorcycle Run is going to happen on September 8th through the 23rd. It's going to leave Portland, Maine on the 8th, and it will arrive in Portland, Oregon on the 23rd. So what I'm thinking is if you want to get some cool photographs um, – I'm pretty sure that route's going to go up over Rowena. Yeah. It's not going to go down Interstate 84 when you have that awesome roadway there. Well, and plus these are, for people who don't maybe not know, uh, you got to have a 1929 or older motorcycle to do this, right? You don't want to be on the interstate. Right. You know. Well, the less, the less, the better. <laughs> yeah. But they will have to use the interstate a At little bit. At some point, sure, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then – because the road is closed between Multnomah Falls and Vista House, I'm also wondering if they will sneak up the backside through Corbett and go over to Vista House and do some photo ops there, even though they can't actually get it on the route. Right. So we'll have to let's see what happens with that. Well, I think if they're listening, they should at least uh, chime in for uh, a little consultation fee there, right? They should let you know. Yeah. They should talk to you. Say, hey, where I'm should available. we go? Yeah. <laughs> 
I could give you some phone numbers. That's right. And you get on your uh, 1929 Yam- or, uh, Honda X uh, 650, SL350? right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's do a, a quickie on the calendar here. Um, Pieces Town Dual Sport Enthusiast Ride. Uh, we'll probably be doing one in September. Great. <laughs> if you're on that email list, you'll get a notification because uh, I'm just chomping at the bit for the better weather. And when I see it come up, I'm going to put a ride up on the schedule. Uh, you won't know about it until the Wednesday before that Saturday or Sunday because I don't, I don't, you know, I don't pick the ride dates until I see what the weather looks like. Right, clear skies ahead though. So keep an eye on your email. Uh, up in um, on Vancouver Island, Pacific Riding School is going to be doing some training in both Courtenay on the 7th and Nanaimo on the 21st. These are three-day events, so 9, 7 through 10, or 9, and then uh, 21st through 24th. Right. This is actually four-day events. Uh, this would be both street training as well as BMW Enduro training that's pretty exciting i mean you can't beat the scenery of the uh vancouver island up there so if you're looking for maybe a little end of season fling head on up there on your motorcycle and get some training and wear your layers yes yeah. get a little chilly up there. probably bring your rain gear just in case too uh let's see september 8th the snohomish eagle riders poker run is happening you can link to their website from our calendar page on that pretty much anything we're talking about yep. here um, September 15th, second year in a row, the Dog Face Dual Sport happening somewhere out in Western Oregon. I don't actually have the details in front of me. Do you have to have a dog face to participate or? It would help. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the way you get one of those is you just ride around without, uh, you know, ride around on a three quarter shell helmet yeah. with no facial. No face shield, and sooner or later you'll get a, uh, a, you'll dog, get a dog face. face. Yeah. Little, little pug face you will become. So that's uh, going to be Union Creek, Oregon, though. Does that sound right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I just don't know where Union Creek is off the top of my head. Okay, me either, but it's out there. Google. It's out there. Yeah. <laughs> um, 922, um, Richest Custom Seats is doing a customer appreciation party as well as a memorial ride for Quint. And did we mention this on the show last month? No, but, we didn't uh, have a chance. We, I think we found out after. Yep. So uh, R.C. Quint passed away. Uh, he was quite a friend of, of many, many people here in the Pacific Northwest. He yep. came on our show and co-hosted with us uh, several times. Yeah. And uh, sorry to say that he passed away, but that's it happens to all of us eventually. So uh, I'm going to try to make it out there for that. Um, and then on Sunday, the 23rd, is going to be the Oyster Run. If you're not down on the Rowena Curves with a camera like I may be, then uh, you can go up and ride with the masses in Anacortes. That's right. Yeah, always a big draw there in Anacortes. And you could close out September by joining in on a Distinguished Gentleman's Ride which is a ride that raises money for, I believe it's prostate research. Uh, yes, yeah. So prostate cancer and men's mental health this year, it looks like. Okay. So a little bit of a uh, dual battle there. All right. So uh, next up, we're going to be live from the Hood River Fairgrounds in the Columbia River Gorge. And I should say that it's pre-recorded live. Support for the Soundwriter Show is provided in part by Cascade Motorcycle Safety, 
Featuring two ranges located in Anacortes and Bellingham, Cascade Motorcycle Safety offers beginner and intermediate rider courses and is certified to test riders for their motorcycle endorsement. For more information, visit their website at Cascade Motorcycle Safety today. Hey, this is Greg from Olympia, and one of my favorite rides in the Pacific Northwest is the Olympic Loop. It's fantastic. Hi, this is Manny from Manny's Lonchera, located near the awesome Rowena Curves in the beautiful Moisture, Oregon, and you are listening to the Sound Rider Show. Soundwriter Show. We're live in Hood River. We're uh, here at the Rally in the Gorge. And uh, for this segment of the show, we are going to have a number of our vendors come in and talk to us about what's going on with their product lines and uh, what we can look forward to in the future here. The latest and the greatest. Sweet 16 at the Rally in the Gorge. It's pretty exciting, man. This has been a long time running. Yeah. Yeah. Feels that way since I didn't sleep last night. Well, <laughs> no worse for wear. Well, why don't we go ahead and jump right in then? We'll bring on our uh, first guest who we already got sitting down to our right. So first guest we have is going to be Dave Sweezy from Cycle Wipes. Hi there. A little round of applause for Dave Sweezy and Cycle Wipes, huh? Yeah. Let people know that they're here. Well, Dave, thanks for joining us uh, again this year. It's always good to see you. Thank and, you. And uh, we had a chance to chat a little bit earlier a lot's been happening with Cycle Wipes. Why don't you bring us up to speed on the new kits that you've got out there? Yeah, last year uh, my son and I rode for six months from San Diego to Panama, and on that trip I had uh, brought a bunch of new product that I was testing out because I wanted to add um, some new microfibers, I wanted to add some anti-fog, I wanted to add some polish, I wanted to put kits together because primarily all we had was just the single packs of Cycle Wipes. Right. And what and would you do with those cycle wipes? The cycle wipes are a, a lens cleaning system. Uh, they're soapy wet wipes. Uh, it's a real quick way to clean your visor. Literally, if it takes longer than 30 seconds, you're taking too much time. And uh, so during that trip, well, I tried out all that product. I really made a few changes to it, really liked it, and then I started putting the kits together. And important, too, especially when you're going south of the border, they don't have a lot of squeegees at uh, <laughs> the gas stations, right? No. <laughs> no. There's not a lot of water. There's not a lot of squeegees. And... You know, nowadays, when you're talking 80 to 100 plus for your visor, um, dollars just for a visor, it's really, really important to take really good care of them. And um, it's, it, the, the most important thing is to separate your cleaning process from your drying process, not using the same rag over and over again. Sure. That's what cycle wipes are for. And just to uh, kind of give the guys a quick rundown here, the, uh, you get the actual wipe, and then you have a microfiber cloth now that's part of the kits, and that's one of the new additions. Yeah, you know, you can use a dry cycle wipe to buff with, but it's not ideal. And I wanted to really come up with a good microfiber that was a bonded two-sided microfiber. A lot of people out here wear sunglasses or glasses. I do. So one side of our microfiber is a lens cleaning cloth, and the other one is a true microfiber. And it never gets dirty because you're always cleaning with a cycle wipe. Sure. 
So it works much better. And that's one of those things, too. You know, I'm wearing my motorcycle jacket right now with this little inside pocket here. Yeah. It'll slide right in there, man. It you will, just yeah. stop your bike to get fuel or whatever. You can uh, get it cleaned up quick and ready to go. Yeah. Um, real quick, I want to mention, too, for everybody here, Dave has got some steep, steep discounts for uh, attendees to the Rally in the Gorge. So make sure you check out his booth over there. And before we get you out of here, I want to talk about one other product that you have, which is Frog Spit. Frog Spit. Right. Yeah. Frog Spit is a funny name, but it's a great anti-fog. In all of my years, 30-plus years of being in the industry, I've never endorsed any anti-fog. None of them work for very long. Frog Spit was developed by an avid scuba diver, kind of like me. He couldn't find what he wanted, and I tried it uh, for six months. And I said, if it works over that amount of time, then I'll, then I'll be a power sport dealer for you. And it does. Um, it, it's just an amazing product, super simple to wet wipe. You put it on, let it dry, and uh, it's... It does a great job. Pin locks do a, a really good job, but sure. if you're riding dual sport with a pin lock, how many people have had dust between their pin lock and the and the visor? It yeah, we got a, a few lot. hands going. Oh, up here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It really is a bad <laughs> problem. So. Well, I'm, so glad, it works. I'm glad to hear that it's a wipe, too, because I thought at first you had to lick the back of the toad, <laughs> yeah. and then he'd spit yeah, on yeah, the no. of your visor there. That's <laughs> the not guy, works, it's, though, a, right? it's a funny name, but it's a yeah. good product. Yeah. I, can I ask a personal question? Yeah. If I get monkey butt, can I use this on my butt? Well, yeah, you frog spit and monkey butt together there or what? You go. Yeah, I don't know. Wow. Yeah, just don't have a tent mate. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, Dave uh, Sweezy, Cycle Wipes, give us a website before we get you out of here, Dave. Uh, www.cyclewipes.com. All right. Thanks so yeah. much for joining thanks, us guys. here. We're going to roll through, guys. Right. Yeah. Thanks, Dave. All right. We are looking for Mark and Dana from Valentine Motor Works. Let's find them. I know we got Dana out here somewhere. And Mark. There Mark, we got the duo here coming on up. We'll get uh, a chance to bring them both on in here. And uh, these guys, of course, have a long-time uh, shop down in the Seattle area, working on a lot of uh, European motorcycles in the summertime. But uh, we'll also do some work, uh, if you talk to them real nicely, uh, during the wintertime on maybe your uh, Japanese brands, I think, uh, as we talked last year, right? Yes. Yeah, right on, guys. Can I, can I give everybody a tip here about Mark and Dana? Because they, like, work at the same shop, and then people can't remember. Like, you know, some of you guys know these guys. you have trouble remembering which one is Mark and which one is Dana? Well, here's the trick. <laughs> Do you, Mark, have problems? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I might have stepped on the joke Mark <laughs> looks like he might be Mark Hamill's relative. There we go. That's how you tell him apart. That's right. Yeah. That, and he has a lightsaber he rides with on his motorcycle, right? Isn't Definitely. that Mark Hamill? I think it is. Is that Star Wars reference? Yeah. Going deep here on the Sound Rider Show. Well, they'll actually do a Star Wars retrofit on your motorcycle this winter. <laughs> That's right. Well, I uh, I had a chance. I was chatting with Dana a little bit here, and it sounds like you guys have had a uh, a very very busy summer. How have things been going? Uh, just over the last couple of months for you guys, been uh, business has been good, huh? Yeah, really good. Yeah. Any uh, any changes in the uh, European motorcycle landscape? Anything that uh, guys need to be on the lookout for as far as preventative maintenance or anything like that no it's all the same really everything's been pretty good yeah 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 how about uh let's ad let's address the elephant in the room for for mark anyway <laughs> on our uh, on our facebook page uh somebody wasn't up to speed on the fact that uh, you guys bought the dealership uh several years ago or not the dealership i should say the shop several years ago right yeah we get that a lot actually yeah. it's usually the uh the people that don't come in very often sure. obviously but uh yeah um, they're still expecting to hear uh, or see Mick 
Right. <laughs> but how long have you guys, it's been the same location, of course, right there on 99 in Seattle. But how long have you guys now owned it? We, uh, five years, I think, last June. Okay. So Yay! fifth year anniversary, man. That's fantastic. It's, yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. And uh, I mentioned a little bit in the lead in there, usually in the summertime, you guys are pretty bogged down with uh, BMWs and European brands, right? Yeah, very bogged down. It's just BMWs in the summer. Yeah, but yeah. wintertime, because uh, we have obviously bikes of all kinds here. If you guys are in Seattle, I, in fact, uh, took my Suzuki down to you guys for a little, uh, little work on the rear-end suspension a few years ago. And uh, as long as you can take your panniers off to get through the front door, you're all set, right? Yeah, we, we like the old uh, Japanese. We're, we're old Japanese guys sure. before BMW took us over. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, is there anything else that uh, our Seattle area riders should maybe know? Um, where, where can we find you guys, the website? Well, we're improving our website. Great. They go mini extreme makeover right now. Awesome. But it's ValentineMotorWorks at uh, .com. Fantastic. Yeah. And do you guys take any time off uh, during the wintertime, or are you guys going to be looking straight through? No, we're, we're pretty much one of us will be there all winter long. Okay. So uh, yeah. we just keep on trucking through. Well, I have a question, personal question, and it's not having anything to do with cycle wipes and if I get monkey butt. Um, what What's going to be your winter project? you guys like to do different bikes as you go through oh, yeah. the winter? What are you going to do? I'm just finishing my winter project from four winters ago. <laughs> right. I've, been, I've been working on it for four winters in a row. It's all done, except for some paint. And what is the project? A little two-stroke Suzuki twin nice. from the 70s. Got to like that. Yeah. And how about you, Mark? Uh, my projects, I think, are done. My little two-stroke projects. Our projects seem to you be. You had old. that Kawasaki Mach Three or what? Yeah, the yeah. H1 Kawasaki. That is almost done, I think. And then my little Yamaha um, RD250 will become Sweet. a 350 this year. So it sounds like you guys are kind of almost wrapping up what you're doing. So that means that everybody here who has a barn find, they need to bring it to you this winter. Yeah, winter is definitely the time for the restorations, and uh, the only reason we have any time to do our own projects is because it's so slow, but it seems to be getting busier every uh, winter. We have had a lot of, not restorations, but resuscitations lately. That's true. Yeah. A lot of Bringing things. them back to life. <laughs> it ran 12 years ago, mm -hmm. and that's, that's pretty fun. That's good. Yeah, Which except good. for that one guy who brought his dog in. That was a little strange, right? Uh, with, <laughs> there are a lot of dogs. Oh, no, resuscitation from 12 years ago. Oh, yeah. yeah well, I'll give you the dog Shoot report over there, at their yeah. shop. Right. They, they have a wonderful little dog who you'll find there quite often, Miss Judy. Judy. And uh, if you met Judy when they first got her, she was a little skitchy, but now she's really warmed up she's and she's nice good. to everybody. She's really yeah. fun to go in and see. And in fact, that's the only reason I go to the shop. So. <laughs> right, to see she's the dog. She's really good. We, we left the thing on the door that says, don't touch your head, though, just in case yeah that's a good idea yeah. don't touch your head i've got one of those in my house too you know just yeah. in case right <laughs> well uh mark and dana always good to see you guys here at the uh, rally again valentinemotorworks.com oh yeah and hopefully we'll see you again next year huh and Definitely. also if i could just say uh 689 yeah number 689 there we go that's the ticket is that your ticket yeah, yeah. oh well we give, haven't called it yet. give him something no. right no. <laughs> I thought you were giving something away to the crowd there for a second. but Well, again, Mark and Dana, thanks for joining us right, here on the Sound Rider you. Show, as always, guys. Thank All right, thank you. you. All right. Our, our next guest is a man who is well-known across the United States as the representative of Rockstrap USA. This is Rolf Mugabe. Welcome, Rolf. 
Now, Ralph, you've been uh, doing the rock strap thing now since, uh, what, the early 2000s? Uh, exactly. Yeah, I met the inventor of the strap uh, at the Intermod show in Munich in 2000, and I've basically been working with him ever since. Yeah, all throughout the United States here as sort of the exclusive distributor on the, uh, yeah. on the motorcycle end, right? Yeah, I was originally worked with rock until they had several big distributors, uh, uh, Parts Unlimited, uh, uh, I can't think of the other one. Sure, right yeah. Now. But anyway, that's, and Givi was one for a while. But while the other distributors were going, I still had a day job. But I guess you could call it fancy word nowadays would be consultant. But right. it was mostly just a guy talking with the inventor and kind of helping him out with some stuff. Uh, so I've been working with the company. I was the first guy to sell rock straps in the U.S. Right. Uh, uh, at the... MOA rally in Redmond in 2001. Crazy. Uh, and I worked with the company until 2000, late 2005 when I retired from my day job. And uh, basically they offered me the exclusive rights to the motorcycle line for five years. Basically they needed, they needed something to put it on the map. We'd been trying advertising. We'd been trying the big distributors and whatnot. And it boiled down to it's still an irritation to me, but the strap does, just does not sell itself. A lot of people sure, look at right it, man. they don't understand it. And to me, it was, you know, I picked it up and I looked at it, and this is bleeping brilliant. <laughs> uh, uh, but a, a lot of people look at it and say, how does this work? How do you attach it? I don't see any hooks. I don't see you. whatever. Well, uh, I'm interested. Sorry to jump in there real quick, yeah. but how many uh, people in the crowd here use rock straps? Yeah, oh, a, lot of hands a lot of hands up going there, up. Yeah. And if you haven't used rock straps before, I was talking to Ralph this afternoon, and he's got, he was actually doing some recycling, but he had four 24 packs of Coke. He was going to change in the empty cans, but those rock straps will stretch around. I mean, literally, I guess, what does that add up? That's 96 cans of Coke. Yeah. So if you're looking to uh, $9 do $9.60 right, right down there. That would be a keg of beer. <laughs> right, yeah, or a keg Pays of beer. Thanks for the gas keg of beer. Yeah. But, uh, and then he mentioned to me, too, you know, yeah, he does it with uh, full cans of Cokes, yeah. too, obviously a Coke man. But I've had my rock straps for, I guess, going on six or seven years. And, man, there's, uh, as far as luggage and touring, as the best value there is for yeah. something that can uh, really improve your touring life. To me, the biggest problem with a strap is just that it lasts too long. Right. <laughs> I, I, the only repeat business I get is from people who loaned them to a friend and never got them back. <laughs> So maybe here at the rally, if someone's got a pair and they don't need to replace it, you'll sign a new one, right? Your autograph, I think, is worth <laughs> a new uh, purchase. Just go see Rolf over Now, they there. do fade, so you should replace them just because they faded. I'm just saying. Right. A good little plug there, I think. Yeah. But, uh, but anyway, really just uh, good stuff. If you guys haven't had a chance to get your hands on a pair, you should go and at least give them a stretch because you'll, you'll really be blown away. Give them a stretch. Right. <laughs> Rolf, is there anything else that uh, we need to know? Any new uh, new inventions coming from the inventors over there? Anything like that? Honestly, we've we've had some issues with factories. We've always had a factory in China. We had one in the Dominican Republic that just didn't work out. We're in the process of moving it to Mexico. That'll be the factory that'll. I don't know if we can get it over the wall or not. That's sure. still another issue. But uh, uh, <laughs> I don't want no tariffs on my rock yeah. straps now. So. Okay. I think they're building a giant but, bungee slingshot yeah. to get it over the wall. It's going to come yeah. from Veracruz yeah. or that something would work. like that. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. Other than that, as far as I know, there's nothing new in the pipeline motorcycle-wise. 
for a number of years now, we've had stretched dog leashes. I've started doing those again. I did sure. them originally when they first came in, and I have some again, mostly because one of my distributors is now adding a pet line. So since I have them, I'm showing them too. But uh, yeah, as far as I know, there's nothing really new in the way of product coming out. Well, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, yep, right? Kind of so, like that. Absolutely. Yep. Well, again, Rolf with uh, Rock Straps, thanks so much for joining us on the Sound Rider Show. Hey, thank you. Yeah, appreciate it. And if you have the pack straps, just do a little origami with them. You can turn them into a muzzle. Right. Uh, all right. Our next guest is going to be Whitney Caberly from Dirt Bike Safety Training, and I hope he's here. There he is, Whitney. He's coming up. Come on down, Whitney. Dirt Bike Safety Training. And again, if you are here live at the rally, we've got uh, still a few spots open in the Saturday clinic. Um, but if you're not, if you're listening, Whitney will get you taken care of. He's got all kinds of classes going on at Dirt Bike Safety Training, even some one-on-one training now, right? Yes, sir, and I'm making notes on things I want to talk about. Oh, so perfect. I'm not texting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> got five minutes. I hope he knows. So. Yeah. So tell us a little bit, though, because you mentioned to me that that's something that's really taken off is the one-on-one training. And yep. when we say one-on-one, not even just individual to individual, people saying, like, hey, I've got four buddies. We all bought new bikes. Let's go and learn how to actually ride these things. Exactly. Um, this is something that's, you know, kind of caused off guard, not off guard and not prepared for it. But we were surprised. Hey, we continue getting calls. Hey, I'd like to bring my whole family out or do a birthday or just like you said. Yeah. I, I had um, on Monday, I had three um, individuals come out. Uh, they were from actually... Where were they from? from? The Olympic Peninsula came over. Great. One guy was on a brand new Husky 501, and he was the one who set it up and brought two friends. And we just had a great day. You're able to get through more exercises and get in more trail rides in between the drills. Sure. And it's everyone's on the same page, and we're just banging through the exercises, and it's, it's a lot of fun. And also, you feel more comfortable making fun of the one guy who's the poorest rider in the group, right? Because he's your friend, so that's, that's yes. why you invite him. <laughs> yes. Well, it's, it's interesting. You know, in a rider's meeting, you know, we go through, you know, some of the guidelines, hand signals, what we're going to do throughout the day. And the first thing is don't ride off on any of the trails unless you're with the group. Right. And the guy that organized the whole thing, and he's a um, helicopter rescue uh, EMT. Okay. He's not the pilot, but he's... You in know, the he, back, he's the in the back. He yeah. drops down from the um, cable to rescue people. He's the one that takes off on the trail and like. Well, well, yeah. So right off the bat, I have to make an example of him, and you know, kind of, I, don't, I didn't know him before this, but you know, kind of make fun of him in front of his friends, and he's like, "I'm so sorry. I, I, I've been in this situation before. I, I don't know what happened. What, what came over me?" <laughs> I thought he just wanted to test the local search and rescue and see if they were yeah, up to yep. his uh, level, his local squadron. Right? That's the last guy you want riding off is the one with the medical expertise. Exactly. He should be in the back. Huh? Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's an exciting uh, development. I'm glad to see that people are starting to realize, hey, let's put together sort of our own course and we can tailor it to some of the skills that uh, we want to learn or maybe that we need to improve. But also throughout the year, you guys are doing beginner, advanced, all kinds of different levels of just regular clinics that people can join as a, a group, right? Exactly yeah. right. Uh, one of the events that we look forward to every year is Endurocross in Everett. And the last two years, we've had Cody Webb come out and teach a class with us the day after the Enduro Cross. And if you don't know who Cody Webb is, he is KTM's top Enduro Cross rider. He's been doing the U.S. uh, Enduro Cross series as well as the Super Super Enduro series, which is bouncing around to several different countries throughout the U.S. In Austria in June, he broke his leg and... 
uh, obviously he's been in you know recovery mode ever since. Sure. And so his first enduro back was the Tennessee knockout, which was last weekend, and he won it. Wow. I mean, he's, he'd been off the bike for that whole period of time, and I think he was back on a KTM TPI for like eight days prior to the race. He comes back and, and w- cleans up. That's phenomenal. So what you're saying is if you come and train with you guys, you'll be a championship rider, broken leg or it'll, not. No it'll time, rub right? off on yeah. you, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, then the, uh, the last thing I wanted to, to mention that we kind of talked about is uh, you guys every year have started to partake in the, uh, the Dirty Girls training session, which is going to be at the end of September, right? Correct. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about that. So the Dirty Girls are a group of gals that uh, like to ride motorcycles off-road. And there's, there's no membership. If you are female and you like to ride motorcycles off-road, um, you can be a part of the group. So each year we've been doing this. Um, I think, the, well, the Dirty Girls have been doing it for about six years. We've been involved for the last four years. And the premise is they come out. We do our level two uh, drills and training on Saturday. And we spend the night. We, um, we cook on site. And then the next day we are practicing the drills we uh, taught the day before, and then right. we're doing trail rides on on our on our property. It's a it's a fantastic uh, event and a fantastic way for people to get involved who may be a little more hesitant in larger groups. I know we can find information about that and all of your programs on your website. Remind us what that is before we get you out of here. It's very easy. Dirtbikesafetytraining.com. Whitney Coberly, thanks for joining us again, and thanks for coming back to the rally, my man. Thank you. All right. Stick around. We've got uh, a few more to go here. We're going to take a little break, and uh, I guess I used to say pay some bills. Right. <laughs> Support for Soundrider and the Soundrider Show is made possible by Moon Motorcycles, a family-run operation located in Issaquah, Washington. Moon Motorcycles features a diverse selection of used bikes to choose from. Whether you're shopping for a used sport bike, cruiser, dual sport, sport touring, or street standard, you owe it to yourself to visit Moon Motorcycles and look over their large inventory. Have you got a used bike you want to consign? Get in touch with Moon Motorcycles today. Hi, my name is Aaron, and uh, you know, I mostly like riding the roads around Washington, all the logging roads and little two-track dirt stuff, and just to explore and to be able to check out the world that we live in. Pretty much ride like GS kind of stuff, sidecars and 650s, so it's all a good time. Hi, this is Basilio Bagnato from Back Row Mapbooks in Coquitlam, B.C., and you're listening to The Sound Rider Show. And we are back live at the Rally in the Gorge, continuing on with some more vendor conversations here. And to my right, we've got Lee Block from Racer Gloves USA. Lee, good to see you again this year, my friend. Thanks. Good to see you guys. Good to be here. So let's talk uh, a little bit about your big move from the Bay Area up to right here in Oregon, Bend, Oregon. This year, you just did it in May, right? Yep. Uh, California for 20 years. I uh, did my 20-year sentence, and it let me out on good <laughs> behavior. And uh, I've made a little change up to Bend, Oregon, and been there since May. And 
Uh, this is my fourth year here at uh, the Sunrider Rally, so it's only a three-hour ride instead of a 14-hour ride. Yeah, that's a, a little bit of a difference. Yeah, yeah. How, hey, what's uh, the difference between California smoke and Oregon smoke? Um, uh, not a lot. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so Still, you didn't move here for the smoke? Um, not that smoke, no. Yeah. <laughs> Try to get away from that there. Uh, well, it's good to have you here again. I know, like you said, this is your fourth year now. Um, we was out there looking at the lineup today of gloves, and there's been a couple of changes just recently, some new redesigns, redevelopments. You gave me a nice pair of gloves over the winter that I tested, and I've been riding in all year that have been fantastic. But what are some of the new developments in the uh, racer lineup? Yeah, the glove you actually have, Derek, was new for 18. was called the, uh, the Tour Glove, waterproof. Like yeah. Said, you like that glove a lot. Uh, the Mickey Glove and the Guy Glove, Racer Austria just did a redesign after. Boy, I've been doing this six years. So about six years, they redesigned the two gloves, and they've been very, still very popular gloves always, and they continue to be popular. They made some nice little changes, some feedback from me and some others. So I'm, I'm happy they made some Took some suggestions and made some changes. Yeah, there's been uh, probably those two design changes, actually four design changes of other gloves and a couple new ones like the one you have. And right. I'm sure they're waterproof winter gloves too. So, yeah, they do a good job. And all improvements too. And I always like to mention because sometimes people say, oh, racer gloves. I, I'm not a racer, but I'm almost exclusively a dual sport rider. And you guys have a lot of touring dual sport gloves. It's not just racing apparel. No, that's something I always have to uh, kind of get across. Sure. Racer is the name. It's the brand. Uh, but they, they do a lot of stuff. They also do a lot of apparel, uh, leather, textile, water, women's, men's, everything. I don't carry that stuff, uh, but they do quite a bit. So the name is Racer, but the gloves uh, cover a wide range of type of riding. Right. And now you also uh, you got a little uh, showroom space down in Bend, Oregon, too, right? You, uh, yep. Yeah, you... yeah, have an office down there and come on in and see gloves. I'm with uh, Atomic Moto, Brian from AtomicMoto.com. And, um we're in the office, and if I'm not there, Brian's usually around, and gloves are on the wall and in stock. And otherwise, if you're up in Washington and you don't have the chance to get down, we can find you online where, Lee? Uh, RacerGlovesUSA.com, and I ship for free all over the country. And, uh, of course, Oregon, there's no sales tax. And uh, any place else in the country is no sales tax. So out of state, no sales tax. Here you go. That's like a discount of almost 10% in King County where I'm at, right? <laughs> sure so yeah. I'll take that. Yeah. You can find them in the, up in the Seattle area, South Sound. Oh, no, um... Kind of Seattle's all the field up there too. Yeah, a couple of retailers up there. there Well, Lee, it's always great to see you. Like I said, I really do uh, enjoy the gloves that you hooked me up with over the uh, the winter time here, and I always enjoy seeing you at the rally in the gorge. And we look forward to seeing you next year. Thanks for being on the show. I'll be back. Always enjoy it here. All right, my friend, Lee Block, Racer Gloves USA. I don't have any personal questions for him. Okay. Well, we covered it, I think, right? All right. Next up is going to be Robert Lightfeld from Seat Concepts. Now let's see if we can get Robert up here. Seat Concepts has been a longtime supporter of the Rally in the Gorge. And we got... uh, And when I saw the registration come in from him this year, I thought, hey, that's really cool. He's going to come. So he's here, and we get to get him on the show now. That's right. Here from Idaho, too. You guys are out in uh, Caldwell is the whole operation, right? Yes. We moved up from Southern California last August. Boy, ain't they all moving out of California, yeah. aren't they? As fast as you can. <laughs> and you were telling me you guys have been really happy. You do a, a lot of the work on site there, and uh, you guys have a whole operation now right in Caldwell, and it seems like it's been an excellent, excellent fit. Yes, uh, a lot of industry already in Idaho and the Boise area in the motorcycle industry. Um, the state's very very welcoming. Um, moved up there, got the ball rolling like Within a week, right? I mean, it had to really gear it so there was less downtime as possible. Sure. 
And now you guys are doing uh, seat replacements, right? So you've got, uh, for all, all sorts of reasons, comfort, performance, but you guys have a whole lineup, motocross, touring, dual sport, adventure. You guys cover uh, quite a wide range there, which you have sort of in stock and ready to go, right? Well, correct. We make MX covers for just a replacement for the guy racing on the weekends. Uh, we also offer replacement foams. And then we go into our comfort, which is where we started, the dual sport adventure right. series. So comfort, um, low, standard, tall. Their kits where they're a new foam, replacement foam with cover that matches the new shape. And then certain models, more stream or mainstream seats, we have the complete seats ready to latch on and right away. And you guys are doing pretty much all the work right there in Idaho, too. You're working with the foam and everything. The stitching, it's all being done in the, in the relative local area. Correct. We poured the foams in-house. Um, so every seat's made to order. So that's right now kind of a lead time is really busy, summertime, a lot of orders. So... Um, it's not like we go out to a container that just came from China and pull it out. Sure. It's made to order for you. Um, and then, yes, the covers are made from vendors. Some are still in California, some are in Idaho. Sure. Uh, but all the assembly, the foam making, shipping, everything's out of Idaho, in-house. Well, you know, we got into the conversation. We don't have a ton of time to get into it here. But I, you mentioned a lot of things that I haven't even thought of in regards to seat. We always go to comfort. But there's a lot of performance advantages, too. Like some motorcycles, you might even be able to lower the seat height, which will allow people to touch the ground. There's also sort of narrowing it so that you can maneuver a little bit better in certain situations. And I know that you said, hey, if you've got questions, e email us, call us, because we can talk you through and figure out which is really going to be the right seat for you. Correct. There's a lot that goes into the seat that most people are like, oh, I just want a more comfortable seat. Sure. Or I want low. And... Especially the modern MX dual sports, you know, KTM's, Huskies, and whatnot. The foam's very thin, and people are like, oh, I always want to be more sure-footed. I want a lower seat. Um, well, comfort and less foam don't usually go hand-in-hand. Hand. Right. So uh, we kind of work with that with people. ask them, like, is it really the reach of the ground you're looking for as a priority or comfort? And same goes with tall. There's used to be a, a false belief that I'm going to go with a really tall seat and really soft. Right. Which, which it does work to a certain extent, but, you know, it's kind of counterproductive, especially for tall guys that want the taller seat to get the leg straighter, um, for less bend, you know, for pain and whatnot, easier to stand up. And when it's real soft and you're sunk in, it kind of defeats all that and you're right. stuck in a spot. But bottom line is, see, that's the kind of consultation that if you're looking at a seat replacement for the first time, they should reach out to you guys via, what's your website? Seatconcepts.com. And I'm sure they can find the phone number on there as well, right? Yes, all of our contact information is on there. Um, email's best because uh, we're very busy and sure. we might you know, be bit, not get to your call, but leave a message for sure if we don't happen to answer and you get the answer machine side of it. But uh, emails we respond to on the info at seatconcepts.com. Um, you know, obviously certain conversations are better than in person than on email yeah. for details. Cause there's a lot of questions like we kind of, yeah, we got into on, that a little bit for like sure. age might be involved, reach the ground height, what kind of materials even, right. you know? but there's a lot of information on our FAQ section that a lot of people don't go looking for and they can find a lot of it about the different materials, the, the options we offer. Uh, services and whatnot all on the FAQ page. Fantastic. Well, again, that's SeatConcept.com. Robert Lightfeld, thanks for joining us here at the rally. Great Thank to see you, you for the first time. All right. Thanks a lot.
All right. We're looking for Jesse Murphy. He's back there. He's coming up now. Now, look, all these guys know Jesse. Jesse's been at the rally year after year, taking a larger and larger role. And he's all over the state of Washington, all over the Pacific Northwest. He's got a shadow, too. Teaching. Yeah, he's, got he's got a shadow, yeah. yeah. We got the whole gang here. Got two right. shadows. So this is uh, Colin and Caleb, and they wanted to share what they love best about the rally in the gorge. So well, let's hear it. And tell everybody what you mm -hmm. like. Now, are you Colin or are you Caleb? I am Caleb. You're Caleb. All right, Caleb. Lean into the motorcycle and tell. Uh, the motorcycle. Lean into the microphone and tell us uh, what you like about the rally here. I like riding my motorcycle around the grass. It's a good time, isn't it? On jumps. Right. You're jumping out there. Oh, yeah. yeah, he's one of my hooligans that I have to keep an eye on. Uh-oh, I thought that was just Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome, and this is your first time here, right, Caleb? No, it's my third time. Third time here. Yeah, he Woo! crashed last year. Rally veteran. <laughs> that was my brother crashing last oh, year. He went up the fence. Up the fence. Well, let's switch. Let's get, your, let's get your brother up here. Let's see. What did you say your name was, my friend? Colin. You're Colin. What are you, you like? Crash free this year, yeah, Colin. Meeting new people. That's your favorite thing about being at the rally? And here? riding my motorcycle. Yeah, that's what we all like, I think. Awesome. Huh? Yeah. Well, Colin and Caleb, thanks for being on the Sound Rider Show. How about a round of applause yeah. for these guys here? Now we expect if you've got kids here, at home yeah. and they aren't dressed in gear like these guys, you need to you need to change them. It's so great to see kids riding motorcycles. It is. It's a ton of fun here. And it's great to have Jesse Murphy here, too. Thank you very much. From Cascade Motorcycle Safety and Truett Motorcycle Education. Again, on the Sound Rider Show for, what, maybe the third time, third or fourth time now. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. yeah. yeah well, Jesse's only like 18, so he's been yeah. on a lot <laughs> as a youngster. That's right. <laughs> well, Jesse, it's, uh, it's great to see you again. You know, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about Cascade Motorcycle Safety because I know you've got a lot of things that are, are happening out there, especially what is it? We're talking about the street skills course that's going to be coming up here in September, right? Yeah, uh, September 1st. Uh, so um, we've, uh, this will be the second one that we've done uh, for this year. So this is, uh, we call it uh, Street Strategies. And so it's a full day at Pacific Raceways, which those of you are in the Seattle metro area, that's uh, kind of a little south of there. Uh, so it's all day. Uh, six lessons, uh, six different topics throughout the day. Uh, so we'll go over a topic, and then we'll get on our bikes. We'll go out on the track uh, with street bikes and focus on our street riding in a nice closed atmosphere where don't have to worry about semi-trucks and cars and stuff like that. But we get to go highway speeds, uh, so we're not as confined as we are in, in some of the other kinds of training that so we do. So a real-world strategy is in sort of a safer environment, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Which, is, which is awesome. And some of those things will uh, trans, uh, translate into something you've been doing almost every Sunday that you just introduced me to, Jim Kana. Have you guys seen any of this on YouTube? You guys know what Jim Kana is? I got a lot of nodding heads in here. So tell us a little bit about how they can get involved in that up uh, at your outfit up north here, uh, up in northern yeah, Washington. Yeah, so... Uh, so we we just started, uh, I think we're in our fourth week or so now, um, of what we call Cascade Gymkhana. Uh, so Gymkhana, Moto Gymkhana is kind of a thing that has a lot of, uh, um, uh, a lot of roots in, in Asian motorsports. Sure. Uh, and there's some competition uh, roots to it. Uh, what we're doing is every Sunday, either at our Skagit County training facility uh, which is uh, on Highway 20 near Anacortes, uh, or up at our Bellingham facility, which is uh, 
really easy to find because at the mall. Um, so it's the coolest thing at the mall, of course, because it's on motorcycles. Uh, but and there's uh, only one mall in Bellingham. Yeah, right? there's only one. So it's really easy to find. Uh, so anyway, it's um, it's a three hour Gymkhana session. Uh, it's not an organized competition. Um, but we got lots of stopwatches, and so we'd be happy to help you uh, attain bragging rights among your friends. Uh, and that's a good way to kind of look at your progress uh, as you do this, how much time it takes to get through the courses. Um, but really, it's time for you to ride your motorcycle, ride with your friends, challenge yourself, work on bike handling skills that you don't necessarily want to work on, out in traffic amongst a bunch of cars. Right. Uh, I know one of the things that I've been working on a lot um, when I'm out uh, on the Gymkhana days is I've been working a lot on uh, different front brake use in turns and transitions and stuff. And the the way the courses are set up, there's uh, you'll do anywhere from four to six different kind of course layouts, and we're always coming up with new ones uh, to challenge people. Um, you can really work on any skills you want, whether you just took your first motorcycle experience sure. you know, the week before and on your very first bike, or you've been riding for decades and you're on your 50th bike. Um, it's just a really fun time to come out and ride. And, yeah, have a good time. Improve your skills. Uh, enjoy your bike. And hang out with other riders that are doing that. Absolutely. Uh, so it's going to be every Sunday. Uh, either at Skagit or Bellingham. Sure. And uh, you can purchase a day pass to just come for the day on our website, or you can purchase a season pass for the whole year and show up whenever you want. And so let's talk about the website so people know where to find it, Jesse. Yeah, so that's at uh, CascadeMotoSafety.com. And so you can uh, find uh, Jim Connor there. There's uh, one of the main links on the menu bar is uh, Jim Connor. And you can check that out, and it'll show you which locations is at for which dates. Uh, So lots of fun. Uh, So we'd love to see you out there. Um, Just need a registered street legal bike. Uh, with some insurance on it. And you can um, find, I'm sorry, Jesse, I'm going to wrap you up here, but we're going to find all that information all Cascade of it on our website. Yep. CascadeMotoSafety.com. Right? Right? So, yeah, so come on, ride. Thanks so much for being on the Sound Thanks Rider for having Show. Me here. Always great to see you at the rally and throughout the year, too, Jesse. Thank you very much. All right, my awesome. friend. Awesome. Thank you. Jesse Murphy, everybody. CascadeMotoSafety.com. All right, next up, um, two people who are kind of legendary now in Pacific Northwest motorcycling. Uh, Dale and Vicky Gray from South Sound Honda. Uh, Vicky's probably one of the nicest salespeople you could ever buy a motorcycle from. Dale is one of the nicest techs and most knowledgeable techs you could ever have work on your bike, if you're lucky enough to ever. And uh, so go ahead, Garrett. Yeah, this show's got it all. We've got uh, vendors. We've got kids. We've got dogs. Like, how many uh, motorcycle podcasts can you get that on, right? Um, But thanks for being on the Sound Rider Show, guys. And I wanted to kick off. You guys have been doing a big remodel of your showroom, right? And we're expecting that that's going to be completed within the next couple of months. Tell me a little bit about how that's been going. 
Yeah, and we're excited to actually expand our showroom. Uh, we kicked it out and got another 1,200 square feet at least um, on our showroom. And uh, we're getting brand new front doors, so the place just really opened up, got really bright, and we have a lot more room for some fantastic products that are on our showroom. Yeah, and you know, you guys are Honda, Suzuki, and Polaris, so there's yes. quite a big selection there. So that extra 1,200 square feet is probably going to fill up overnight once those new doors get on there, right? It filled up even yeah. before the doors got on it. <laughs> Plus, well, plus our parking got expanded too. Our place has always been kind of tough to get into, but now we have a full drive around and we have parking down below for uh, cars and trailers. That's incredible. I'm so happy to hear that you guys are having such great success and uh, continuing to redevelop the showroom there. Now, you mentioned about filling the showroom, and we talked a little bit outside here, and I said, okay, tell me about the, the new Honda Cub and the new Honda Monkey, and we'll get to that in a second. And you guys kind of went, no, 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 no. The CRF 450L, that's what people are excited about, right? So that's the new dual sport. So, yeah, we got a few applause for that. Let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about that. When are we going to expect to see that on the showroom floor? Uh, we get two. The allocation has been very tight on that bike. Sure. And we should get our first two at the end of September. I think actually one might be here by the end of August. So uh, not very long from yeah. now. But have a chance to maybe even come in there and uh, see it, right? Get a chance yes. to actually feel it and yep. sit on it and that kind of stuff. And we were talking, Dale, it sounds like you are pretty confident that... Uh, well, you know Dale usually takes the first one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So the first chance you'll be able to buy one will be a demo model with about 30,000 miles on it, right? All yeah. outfitted yeah. with a five-gallon tank. And yeah, whatever. and that's actually exactly where I was going. Dale and I were talking, and he is pretty confident that extended-range tanks are going to come on the floor almost as soon as the motorcycle gets there. Yeah, IMS yeah. and Clark have been working hard on, on that kind of stuff. Sure. And, and uh, OEs work with them. So I, I think you'll see that stuff pretty quick. And stock tank on that is like, what, one and a half or 1.8 gallons? I mean, it's not. Yeah, it's, it's pretty small. Yeah. But we don't know what the fuel mileage is going to be. That's true, you know, yeah. If you add that to a 45 to 50 mile per gallon, 150 miles is a pretty good range. Definitely adds you know. up in a hurry. I really think that that, is good, that might just be the motorcycle that people have been clamoring for. I think that's going to be a, a hot, hot seller. I, I need a big enough tank to get from Seattle to Hood River. There we go. Yeah, on the uh, on the highway or off highway, that'll be both. the big question, right? A lot of both, and then uh, some yellow paint to go along with yes, that, right? Yes. <laughs> now, speaking of good fuel mileage, though, I think you know I've been pretty impressed with this Honda Cub. I think that retro styling uh, is going to have appeal to a lot of people. When are we going to see that on the showroom floor? Do you guys think? Well, I just ordered them actually uh, last week. So oh, great! We'll see them in December and January timeframe. That's a great Christmas gift. You got a loved one that hasn't maybe ridden motorcycles before. You want to get them involved because 125 cc. Am I remembering that correctly? Correct. So, yes. and uh, beautiful styling too. They did such a nice job on the on the retro finish. Have you guys seen the 2019 Cub? I'm sure the pictures coming out on that. Yeah, it's a uh, it's one that I'm really looking forward to to actually seeing in person. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be be a great seller. Um, anything else we need to know going on down at uh, South Sound Honda? I know you guys have been involved with the rally for a lot of years, and we appreciate it, but any other uh, last-minute tidbits that we need to pass along to our audience? Well, we've got demo rides outside. That's right. Yeah, if you're here live, we've got uh, the Goldwing and the Africa Twin, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yes. uh, Dale was adamant. He was like, you got to give the Goldwing a try. He's like, it's a sport touring bike. It's not your, uh, it's not your grandpa's Goldwing. So get out there. If you've maybe ridden already the Africa Twin, 
give the Goldwing a try. Why not, right? And you just, if you just tuned into the podcast, because this is going to roll in September, uh, you could probably call South, South Sound Honda and find out if they uh, have one for you to ride now. Yeah, go up yeah. there. Just remember, you break it, you buy it, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we absolutely do uh, test rides. There's a lot of dealerships out there that don't do test rides, but uh, we happen to have the ability to do that. We have a course set up for you, so that's fantastic. Some people out. And where can we find you guys on the web, Vicky? HondaBike.com. Just like that, HondaBike.com. South Sound Honda, Dale and Vicky. Thanks so much for being on the Sound Rider Show. Thank you. Thank you. All right, we're going to take a little break. When we come back, we've got some tips and tricks. Support for the Soundwriter Show is provided in part by Seattle Cycle Center. As more and more shops discontinue sales of apparel and aftermarket gear, Seattle Cycle Center continues to provide a wide selection of everything you need for your next ride. Family-owned and operated for more than 30 years, Seattle Cycle Center is your destination for helmets, jackets, pants, boots, gloves, rain gear, and much more. Visit their store on Aurora Avenue soon. Yeah, I'm Tex Steer from uh, Wenatchee, Washington. One of my favorite rides is uh, from the Columbia River up through the Klickitat Gorge to BZ Corner and on into Glenwood. Yippee Rip City. Hi there. This is Steve Stewart with Pacific Northwest Motorcycle Safety, and you're listening to The Sound Rider Show. Rally in the Gorge. And of course, we would never close an episode without tips and tricks, but we've been doing this now. I think we're, what, we've done at least three years. Four years. Four years. And we haven't run out of tips and tricks. But maybe people are a little tired of hearing our tips and tricks. Yeah, our stupid tip, right. tips and tricks. <laughs> so we pulled a couple, of, uh, a couple of riders out of the audience here. I've got uh, Davey and Roy. Davey, Roy, welcome to the Sound Rider Show, first of all. Thank you for glad, putting on a show. Glad to be here. Yeah, and let's uh, <clears throat> let's go to you first, Dave. You said there's been something that you've been practicing lately. So I recently watched a short video with Nick Einach, who we've all kind of... Of course, yeah. Nick Einach, been, yeah, he came to Rally I mean, in the Gorge like several years ago. From the mid-'80s, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, he broke down trail braking and cornering. Interesting. And the idea is that you progressively load the front brake... Uh, up till about the apex, and then you roll off the brake as you roll on the throttle. Right. Most people use the engine to brake with, which kind of loads the wrong end. So the idea is you compress the front suspension, it changes the geometry. Definitely. The bike turns in a little better. Now, have you felt uh, that that has been an improvement in your cornering as you've started to practice this? It's going to need a lot more practice. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe try because it's all about being smooth, right? right. You have to progressively That's what break we call ride with the plan. Every time you ride, you're going to practice that one thing, and the and the more often you do it, the more you're going to get close to maybe not mastering it, but making it sort of intuitive to yourself and getting that dynamic where you want it. Yeah, I, I think the trick with trail braking is you have to be going fast enough so that when you squeeze on the front brake, it actually compresses the front suspension. 
That's an interesting point. Yeah, especially um, you know on maybe some of those motorcycles that might have a little bit stiffer front suspension. What uh, mo- kind of motorcycle are you riding? I have a 2013 um, Kawasaki Concourse 1400. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, so that's a big heavy bike. Then I thought that's he was a guy with a Volkswagen big, trike. Big, <laughs> big heavy bike. In big, fact, I was talking to a, a stater who pulled me over outside of Bingham today. Yeah, and uh, for going too slow, right? Oops. Well, yeah. <laughs> here's the thing. I came up behind him, yeah. and I slowed down, and then he pulled off, and I kept going, and then he came back out and turned his lights on. <laughs> but he was gracious and told me just to slow down. But I told him this, in the COG website, which is the concourse owners group, sure. you know, they have all these different spots in the forum, and one of them is tell us your story about when you dropped your Connie. Because <laughs> I've dropped yeah. mine three or four times. I've, well, it's Always when bike. it's you know you're just barely moving. Yeah. But once yeah. it gets away from me, it's so heavy. That's why I wanted to talk to Dale. I'm not sure I want to ride a gold. Keep blowing it up. Well, it's great to have you here, Davey, and thanks for the tip there. I'm going to go to Roy here. Roy, thanks for joining us on the uh, on the show here. Tell us what kind of uh, tip and trick action do you got for our audience? Well, they're mostly maintenance items. Um, I like to use Rainex on my fork tubes. Interesting, and what is when, the reason when, for that? You know, I, I do that, and it, the bugs don't stick as hard. You're, it helps your forks rubber, and I put 160 miles on one set of fork seals, and they still weren't leaking. Never had to clean them. Never clean. Well, I, I wipe them off. Wipe you off did all that in a wind tunnel, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And another item is... I use a carry a bottle of hydrogen peroxide, and it's good for a lot of things. And one of them is taking bugs off your windshield. Oh, really? So you use a little uh, little cloth action and just kind yeah, of just uh, let a little soak action. Let them spray it on there. Let it soak a while. They kind of foam up a little bit, and then they'll wipe off. Just like that, huh? Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's that's one I've never heard. Does anybody else use hydrogen peroxide on their uh, on their windshield? I guess for me on the DR350, I'd have to get a windshield. But it's maybe I could use that on the headlight, right? Yeah. It's kind of fun because yeah. you wash the bugs bubble for a while. Right. All the dirt and grime. <laughs> it's this bubbly thing. And if you really want to have fun, you put you sprinkle a little baking soda on top of it. Yeah. You put some vinegar on there and the whole thing explodes. It's right. awesome. <laughs> then you need a new windshield. Well, uh, some great tips from uh, both Davey and uh, Roy. Guys, thanks so much for being on the Thank Sound so Rider much. Show here. All right, fun show. Wish we could do it every month, but we only do the rally once a year. So uh, glad you guys could all come in and sit in on the last half of the show here. Ride safe, ride well, ride often. And we'll see you next month in October on the Sound Rider Show. The Sound Rider Show was made possible by today's sponsors and the patience of everyone else involved, which is not to say we're doctors. Reproduction of this program in part or in whole is not legal without the express written consent of the podcast owner. But please be sure to share the link with all your Facebook friends. This program is a production of Mixed Media. The content and views of today's guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any major media conglomerate anywhere else in the world, including CBS, NBC, ABC, MotoGP, the BBC, PBS, NPR, the Discovery Network, or the Cartoon Channel. See you next time on the Sound Rider Show.